Welcome to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Gold. This show is also sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wyo Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. Happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving to the Wyoming fans out there. One of my favorite holidays, football, beer, food. It's all good, man. Oh, and family. Seeing family. Uh, that's all good, Jared. <laughs> Are you a turkey or a ham guy? <laughs> Prime rib. On Thanksgiving? Yeah. It's turkey day. <laughs> all the, the minions can eat turkey. Prime rib is for Christmas. <laughs> Prime rib is always. I actually had one this week, and I it was, I must say, I'm tooting my own horn, breaking my arm, patting my own back. It was incredible. Horseradish and au jus or just au jus? Au jus. Au jus I actually went cheap on it and bought those terrible little packets. Just the cheap little packets at Walmart, but then I dipped all the drippings in that, too. Oh, my God. Rosemary, man, that's a game changer. Good <laughs> stuff. Any big plan? We are obviously recording this before Thanksgiving because I think you're heading out of town, right? I am heading to Dallas, Fort Worth area, and get to go to the Thanksgiving Day Dallas Cowboy game against the awesome the football team from Washington. Yeah. I can't even say their last name. In there. That's so <laughs> stupid, their nickname. Anyway, and um, then we're going to hanging out on Friday. Going to watch a lot of football, of course, and then same as Saturday. And uh, we get to go to a concert at Billy Bob's Texas on Saturday night. That's so the best. It's going to be fun. Have you been to Billy Bob's? Before? I haven't before. Oh, There's been great. a couple times when I traveled with the team to TCU, and there'd been concerts there, but I'm like, $50 for a one-way taxi cab. And that was back mm-hmm. when I was, you know. Now it's $50 for an Uber. Well, yeah, but get out of there. making a little bit better money. Now. Yeah. I can kind of afford it. <laughs> yeah. Billy Bob's is awesome, man. There's like 20 fun. bars in that place. They got the indoor bull riding. Yeah. and it's... it's just the stockyards themselves. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be down there yeah. day drinking. Let's uh, let's go back to Texas even in December. Doesn't the, that sound fun? The Frisco Bowl would be so fun. Wouldn't it? Gosh. I know it's fun. People have been writing me going, what are you hearing? I'm not hearing anything. Nobody's hearing anything. And if they tell you they are, they're lying. And all I say, in pl- Wyoming, the University of Wyoming did put out an email yesterday saying with listed of 15 different bowl scenarios. Wow. And if, if you would buy tickets to which ones. So you could put in your information, and of course you would be refunded for any game that they don't go to. They just need, it helps out, I think, in planning. How am I not getting this email? Well, you're not a season ticket holder. Oh, I was going to say, man, that sounds like an email I should have. And you're not a donor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that makes sense. (laughs) But anyway, so, you know, they put it out that way, and it's kind of like a little premature in my opinion, but there's a rhyme or reason for it, I guess. I don't know what it is. Interesting. But, you know, there's, it goes from Boca Raton all the way to you know the Arizona Bowl, it kind of goes in chronological order of the dates. I think you and I are in agreement that if it's not the LA Bowl for the championship, um, Texas. The weird thing is the LA Bowl was listed. Really, and they can because they can opt out of taking the champion. They can go somewhere else. It's it's all that. Stuff. Well, and somebody asked me about it yesterday, how they even do this, and I'm like, well, from what I understand, LA Bowl has first dibs. They can pick who they want, and obviously those teams can say no. We saw Boise State say no to the Arizona Bowl uh, a couple years ago. Arizona Bowl has second dibs. And you know Arizona really wants Wyoming, so that could be one where Wyoming says, you know, we've already gone there twice in the last few years. We want to try something different. And like you and I have talked about a 100 million times, the recruiting base is in the Lone Star State. They're not recruiting hardly anyone out of Arizona, although Evan Swoboda could be the next 
thing. Um, he's the only guy on that roster from Arizona. And uh, I, I heard uh, he's going to have like already like 70 people at the Arizona State game next year, which he could potentially be the starter. Yeah, or yeah. uh, but Texas is where it's at. Wyoming doesn't recruit New Mexico. They don't recruit Idaho. You don't want to go to the Boise Bowl anyway. I'd love what I would love to see more than anything in the world is Boise State playing in the Potato Bowl. That would be absolutely. Uh, I can tell you they're not going to the Arizona Bowl. Great. They burn <laughs> that bridge. So I don't know. I mean, maybe New Mexico. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, I think New Mexico Bowl is going to try to take Wyoming first. Yep. And if that's if that happens, so be it. Great. They have a Rudy's barbecue there, which is awesome. <laughs> and then uh, Frisco Bowl, in my opinion, is second choice. Yeah. Oh, Texas would be great. First responders bowl, Frisco would be, oh man, that'd be great. And there's a new golf course that's right next door to it. It's 36 holes. The PGA <laughs> has their own headquarters right there. It's going to, oh, it'd be so great. Uh, and no, the stadium is, it's like it's cool. 18,000, 20,000. Yeah. It's perfect for a bowl game for the Mountain West and whoever. Yeah, and that's stadium. where they play the yeah. FCS championship yep. games. I mean, it looks like a really cool, it's yep. a soccer stadium. Looks yeah. like a really cool atmosphere. I think it'd be fun. It'd be great, and like you mentioned, Billy Bob's is right there, and best barbecue in the world, and Lone Star beer, and sounds good to me. I'm all about <laughs> Texas. Uh, Jared, a very impressive showing for the Wyoming Cowboys on Saturday, last Saturday in Laramie. Um, the one thing that they've wanted to do is start fast. They finally did it. Um, I had a really blunt question for Frank Crum after this game. Where the hell has that been all year? Because I know you thought it. I know we all thought it. Where the hell has this been? 35 first half points, finally a blowout. I was home back in Cheyenne by 7 p.m. That never, ever happens. You dang near beat me home. <laughs> yeah, that never happens. I rode over with some neighbors and we went to dinner afterwards. And um, so, yeah, it was about the same time. Uh, it was, this is what, and I asked Craig Bull too, is this what this whole year is supposed to look like? And he said, I'm pretty damn happy about it. Well, as you Third play in, yeah. score on a long touchdown. Fourth play, long yeah. touchdown. And then, yeah, I mean, that that next play to Gillenborg was just, I mean, and he showed his speed. Mm-hmm. And Craig did say it in his postgame. He goes, looks like an NFL tight end to me. Yeah. Which, I mean, if he gets the blocking down, mm-hmm. and actually a lot of tight ends don't really block anymore. They might chip somebody. But he, I don't want to compare him to a Travis Kelsey but you're seeing more tight ends that are more athletic like that and that can run, yeah. not just big bulky tight ends that are in there for jumbo packages to block. Right. Yeah, and, and Craig did say he's one of the fastest players on this team, and we saw it. 89-yard run. Which, I thought he was going to get caught twice. I thought he'd get caught around midfield. Yeah. And he is big, He's and he's young, and he's raw. He played like three high school football games, and he's from the Kansas City area, so I know he'd love the Travis Kelsey thing, but he uh, – when I interviewed him in the spring, he said, the, the only football I ever really played was when I had flags around my waist. Um, I was a football basketball, or I was a basketball baseball guy in high school in the Kansas City suburbs. And he said the coaches just kept bugging him, like, you got to play, you got to play, man. And he, it, it doesn't even show his stats from high school, but he said, oh, I think in like three games before I got hurt, I had like, I don't know, like 14 catches and maybe four or five touchdowns. And I, I thought you were going to say 14 catches and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just got off the mat, never played football before, and just killed it. So, uh, man, that, the future is bright with that dude. And then Peasley uh, had a little anecdote that was really cool to hear. He said that him, uh, John Michael Gillenborg, and, and Evan Svoboda are, t- are roommates. 
And then during practice, they always goof on Evan because he, he goes through his progressions, but every throw seems to go to J-Mike. <laughs> and uh, that could be a really, really special connection next year and, and the year after that. So uh, that was impressive. 89 yards, the longest pitch and catch uh, for the Wyoming Cowboys since 2015 when Tanner Gentry and Cam Kaufman hooked up for 92 yards against North Dakota. I don't even remember that, I must admit, because I was seeing red that whole day with how bad Wyoming played against North Dakota. Yeah, it must have been early. <laughs> yeah, or very well, it late. couldn't have been too early because that's the uh, game that uh, we, we want to forget. For yeah, sure. oh, it was it was miserable. Uh, but this game was the opposite of miserable. Forty-two to nine, Wyoming with a thirty-five nothing lead at half. Andrew Peasley was lights out in this game. Fourteen to seventeen, three hundred nineteen yards, three touchdowns. Third play of the game, forty-four yard strike to Ryan Marquez, who got behind the defense. Funny, another funny anecdote they talked about was. We tried this in practice. The cornerback screwed up. I'm screaming at the cornerback. This is ball talking, of course. I'm screaming at the cornerback for screwing up. What do you know? We get into the game, and Hawaii does the same exact thing. So uh, let him go. Marquez in the end zone all alone. Then the very next snap is when he hits Gillenborg for 89 yards. One to Wyatt Whelan was the most impressive to me, Jared. It was a 40-yard strike, but it was on a bootleg. He could have gone with the safe guy. Instead, he kind of made that adjustment tweaked his body a little bit, and hit Wyatt Whelan right down the seam with perfection, and on into the end zone he went. It was really everything clicking in that first half. going to go back to the first touchdown, Marquez. If I was the cornerback, I would have bid on that too on the underpass because you don't ever see Peasley go yeah. that, throw it that far. Yeah. you know. So yeah. I would have bid on it too. You know what's funny too? Last week, what did we harp on? <laughs> they never throw the ball for over 20 yards. Do you think that they listened to us? Well, I can tell you some fans did because I was getting a lot of messages <laughs> going, well, they finally did it. They finally did it. Well, and you, and you changed the running game. Yeah, nobody had 100 yards, but so effective Efficient, on the ground. Yeah, yep. uh, you know, Whaley, 11 for 70. Yeah. That's a 6.4 average, which just keeps his average. If you take the Boise State debacle out yeah. for him yeah. and for the Wyoming Cowboys, his average is – yeah. I mean, we should actually do that and look at the stats without that in and there. And his 28-yard touchdown run was very impressive. He hit the corner and was gone. From my angle, it looked like he was out of bounds. Just, yeah. I mean, the whole time, the last 20 yards, because yeah. I couldn't see exactly where his feet <laughs> yeah. were. And I'm like, oh, he's out. You know, and then next thing you know, he's diving for the end zone. He was gone, man. He was really – that was an impressive run. But and it, was, it was great to see Jeremy Hollingsworth. Mm-hmm. A couple carries, you know, mm-hmm. two for 19. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously a great average there. and. And Farrell actually, yeah, was effective as well. Yeah, we Hit talked about we talked about it in the press conference or in the press box. We were like, man, you know, if he was hitting holes like this the way all year, who knows what would happen? I thought that was his most impressive outing, especially from a visual standpoint. Um, but back to Peasley, I think you know, doing the math a little bit, Jared, eleven and one at War Memorial Stadium as a starter. This guy for the guff he gets and the crap he gets. Um, Craig Bull talked about it in the in the post game press conference that Peasley came into his office on Monday and was visibly shaking mad about how his performance was at UNLV, and Bull was like, "That's a guy." He was asked, "What's your favorite part about coaching Andrew Peasley?" And he said, "Man, that's a dude you want in your foxhole one hundred percent. He absolutely cares." I asked Peasley after the game. I said, "Hey, you gave that impassioned little unprompted speech." In uh, Las Vegas, from the, uh, when you were getting ready to leave the podium, uh, you really put your money where your mouth is. And he takes a lot of pride in that. And it was so cool. He was named a Manning Star of the Week 
uh, he was impressive. Well, I hope he's still pissed off this week and takes it on the road too, <laughs> because you know Wyoming obviously has not performed well on the road, zero yep. four this season, and really haven't even looked like the same. No Wyoming Cowboy team at no. all in any of those games other than Texas. In the first half of Air in Force. The, yeah. But Wyoming has got to start early, get on the Wolf Pack so they have no, like they did Hawaii, gives them no reason to even want to play the rest exactly. of the game. Yeah, and what was impressive about that 35 nothing start, too, to me, Jared, is, you know, there's a goal line stand. Uh, Easton Gibbs with a huge tackle on fourth and one at the goal line um, stops that. There's a pick in the end zone by Tyree Gustavus that thwarted another. You know, Hawaii was moving the ball a little bit at first, but with so many back-breaking plays, they finally just threw threw the white flag, unfortunately. And if it wasn't for a Trayton Welch fumble, Hawaii probably doesn't even get in the end zone in this game. And that was a great play by the Hawaii defender to strip that ball. And I feel bad for Welch because – it kind of seemed like they were trying to get all the seniors involved in yep. different aspects of the game and maybe get them a score at some point, you know, yep. type of a deal. Like Ayer Asante on a jet sweep. Yeah, and yep. the Marquez, mm-hmm. you know, deal. And yep. and then, of course, uh, it, it just I, – I feel bad for Welch on that play. I do, too. Because he just kind of sat there like, how did he get that out of my hands? <laughs> I know. Even though it wasn't a scoring play, but still. And all we ever hear about is how Welch has the strongest hands on yep. this team, and I'm sure that burned him. But I wrote about it a little bit, Jared, and I didn't interview Welch, so I don't know this for sure, but I can tell you we went into a post-game press conference after that game that lasted about 48 minutes. It was like seven dudes we talked to, so it was like 48 minutes, and we come out, and Trayton Welch is still standing on about the 10-yard line in the north end zone just staring at the stadium and you could tell he didn't want to leave and he didn't want to take his uniform off. And I hope he wasn't brooding about that fumble because that certainly didn't play a factor in a 42 to nine game. And I'm sure it didn't. He's just, he's a really well-rounded individual and I'm sure he was just having a really hard time. And and Frank Crum actually came to his post-game press conference with his Jersey and pad still on. And I said, Frank, we talked about this last week. How hard is it going to be to take off that brown jersey one last time? And he said, well, you can see it's still on. And I plan on going out in the parking lot and seeing my family and taking pictures. And sure enough, he had that jersey on and those pads on that whole time. Well, the good thing is that the Wyoming Cowboys are going to be playing one more, at least one more game in their white jerseys. Yeah. And you never know what the bowl situation is, if they're going to be home or the visitor. But yep. they have two more, the seniors and everybody who announced that they're um, you know, not coming back at this point um, have at least two more games. And and. Really, and we spoke about before, those 15 practices are so important for the people who are coming back. Yes, 100%. That's the best part about these meaningless bowl games. And, you know, Coach Bull talks about that it's this is a celebration for the players to play one more game together, and it's a reward for a good season. And he didn't mention the fans? Uh, maybe he mentioned the fans. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, <laughs> and go back to when we started the show, we're talking about the bowl games, like, you know, what the scenarios are and all that kind of stuff. My advice for anybody is we don't, nobody knows anything at this time. No. Not even Tom Berman knows exactly what's going on. But if you are going to take any projections that are out there from any of the media, go with the ESPN folks. They own over 30 bowl games. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to have the inside track on what's going on. Yeah. And especially going into that championship Saturday and that Sunday morning, go with the ESPN folks because they know what's going on. That's a good point, and and really, let's be real, Jared. The the Mountain West bowl ties, just what? I don't think the bowl ties necessarily suck. It's the opponent that is so hard for me. The MAC teams, the Sun Belt teams, the 
it's not going to get any better, especially moving forward, because yeah. these Power Five schools they don't want to play these so-called group of five schools and bowl games. They're looking at Wyoming like we're looking at it's, Georgia State. It's kind of like playing um, playing them in the non-conference season. Like, well, we're taking a risk by doing this, especially the ones that do go on the road. Yeah. We're taking a risk at doing this because um, it's their Super Bowl or their, sure. it's their bowl game early on. Sure. And, and for a bowl game, like if Wyoming had a, a tie with a, a Big 12 opponent in, in the Frisco Bowl, yes, we would love it. And it, it actually – kind of surprising that there isn't a Texas bowl game that has a Big 12 opponent with a Mountain West opponent, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Yeah. Because it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Because they know that they would get the crowd, yep. for sure. But they, they probably wouldn't even be able to play it in Frisco. No, they wouldn't because yeah. that allotment for that Big 12 school would be larger than the stadium. Yeah. But they, just, they don't want to play those games. Yeah, I get it because I don't want to play Georgia State. And I tell you why, it's no offense to Georgia State. They were a fine team, and they I love their coach. And their, what a story. It was with a their fun quarter- game to watch. Yeah, and with their quarterback playing with a torn ACL, I mean, that was just that was impressive stuff. But what wasn't impressive was the 100 fans they brought. And who could blame them? I mean, same with Central Michigan in the, in the Potato Bowl. I mean, Mount Pleasant, Michigan to Boise, Idaho, that's brutal. So that's what I don't like. I, and, and, you know, I'm thinking back, of course, w- which – Brings up another thing. Why do we not have a bowl game in Las Vegas? That's insane. That has, that the Mountain West has a tie to. But I would rather play a hovering near 500 UCLA team in Las Vegas, even if it's a Sam Boyd Stadium, in a heartbeat before I'd play Toledo or Kent State or any of these. Well, it's also surprising that San Diego hasn't gotten a second bowl game exactly. to play in this new stadium. Exactly. On, not on campus, but it's much smaller than Qualcomm. Yes. And things like that. So I, I wonder if those are coming. But they maybe they can't find the sponsor yeah. for it either because let's be let's be honest some of these bowl games the sponsors <laughs> they they probably take a bath probably you're probably right and they switch a lot yes uh, but it's so amazing to look back but I mean you got to keep in mind there were only 14 bowl games but it's amazing to look back on those holiday bowls and see half of Qualcomm's Jack Murphy Stadium is half full of Wyoming half full of Iowa half full of Oklahoma State half full of Wyoming that's so impressive such a tough ticket to get back then and but. Today it's all about the TV revenue and for the sports betters. Yeah, that's all why these games are there, and that's why all these preseason non-conference basketball tournaments. Mm-hmm. It's all about TV, no doubt, no doubt. Um, a big thing that stood out to me in this Hawaii game, Jared, is the Cowboys finally got to the quarterback, and boy, did that lead to some good stuff. I thought Wyoming's secondary was phenomenal in this game. Colby Taylor never stepped foot on the field. Rook Brown never stepped foot on the field. Buck Coors, in making his first start, unfortunately hurt his hamstring at the end, and the kid just cannot catch a damn break. But he played lights out for his first start. Um, Andrew Johnson got a lot of playing time. Ian Bell got a lot of playing time. Even when Braden Shager had time to throw the ball, no one was open. You look at this, their leading receiver, Pofeli Ashlock, we talked about him last week, four catches for 25 yards, a long of 10. Uh, Stephen McBride, their other awesome receiver, Five catches, 103 yards. 58 of those came on one big pass play. Nine tackle for losses. Yes. With three sacks. And six quarterback hurries. Yep. And two interceptions. What do you know? Tyreekus Davis picks one off. Ja'Cory Hawkins picks one off. Cowboys forced two turnovers on downs. Just the defense played lights out. That's exactly what this defense is supposed to look like when all Ja'Cory year. got that ball and he kept his balance. 
What was your first thought? House call. That's what I thought, too. And, and then he got tackled by the biggest guy on the field. <laughs> but he kind of got, he had the sideline as his uh, other defender, too. He but. got hammered out of bounds. <laughs> that was a big boy. Yes, it was. But, I mean, that's what this defense is supposed to look like. They were dropping eight at times. They were really confusing Shager. Uh, but they were in his kitchen all day long. It was really cool moment to see. And we'll talk about this on the other side of the break, but... Really cool to see Shea Suyanoa and Easton Gibbs combine for a sack on him. Uh, two guys that were announced during senior day. Two guys that have eligibility remaining. We'll definitely talk about that on the other side. We'll also talk about some of this transfer portal stuff. It's about that time, Jared. December is a crazy month. You've got early signing day right around the corner. It appears the Cowboys have 15 guys, including a new kid from Sheridan that they just landed. Um, Actually sat. Right next to him during the game. Did you? Okay. Donovan McComb, a former player sure, yeah. from Sheridan, said, pointed him out and said, yeah, he just committed today. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Bull did mention that they offered a local kid and they were hoping for good news. So that is the guy. I'll have to look up his name on the other side of the break. But um, looks like they got about 15, 16 guys they're getting ready to sign. Um, there might be some guys who were announced on senior day. Uh, the door was cracked by Bull saying a couple of those guys might be on the fence and might even come back. Um so, and then, of course, the transfer portal, I believe, opens December 2nd, I want to say. It opens, plus we got a bowl announcement coming up. I mean, it's just, and we'll talk a little bit more about the portal on the other side, too, but this is a very busy time. College football season never ends now. And thank you to the fans of the Wyoming Cowboys for setting an attendance record. Huge. I know it was seven games, but they were only 5,000 off yeah. prior to the game, yeah. or whatever it was. Uh, congratulations for showing up, and even... You know, a game last week, 50 degrees in Laramie in, in mid-November was awesome. Yep. No wind. Yep. The flags were broken again. Yep. It was incredible. But congratulations to everybody on, and the athletics department for putting on one hell of a show this year. Yep. No doubt. And you know what? It kind of, well, it's on subject, I guess, but I keep getting these messages saying, you know, Wyoming would be a whole different story and they'd really be able to compete if they had a dome. Could you imagine sitting through this whole season with a dome? How miserable that would have been to think, man, it's 85 degrees off. You and I'd be pissed off like the fans that are pissed off Yeah, about the no dome. Yeah. We'd be pissed off because there is a dome. Yeah, well, and Dan Haley's like, he's with you. Dome 80. Yeah, that, that's the reason <laughs> that people can't make it. It's not the actual three hours you're sitting during the game. Can you think of even a handful of games in your lifetime where it's been so bone-chilling miserable that you're like, I got to go? Five. But some of those, I was actually sitting inside the press box, the old press box in the yeah. early 2000s when I remember back-to-back games when it was below zero, wind chill was like minus 20, and I'm scraping the inside of the press box windows yeah. because it was icing over. But that is so rare. Oh, yeah. It's, this is not Fargo, North Dakota. This is not Moscow, Idaho. Well, and I, I was even going to go to the NFL side of it. Green Bay and Chicago, I mean, they have lake effect and humidity, mm-hmm. and they're still selling out their stadiums. Yes. And it is bone-chilling. Buffalo. Buffalo. Bone-chilling cold. Yeah. Wyoming is a drier cold. Well, and it's pretty mild, really. The drive it's, is the worst part. And it's, yeah. And it gets, let's be real, too. If it's It gets colder if the team's performing badly. 
And like these, those, some of these people complaining are the people that go hunting in bone chilling cold. <laughs> exactly. You dress for it, exactly. folks. Well, uh, Wyoming's next opponent, Nevada, who we haven't even touched on yet. Uh, that brings me back a terrible memory of the coning years. It was freezing cold that night, and Nevada made a huge comeback. And uh, and that was in September. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they were so proud of having lights on the stadium that every game was freezing. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. On the other side, Nevada, Transfer Portal, Seniors, Who's Coming, Who's Going? Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented in part by Wild Lotto. When the Pokes win, you win too. Learn more at wildlotto.com. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Hope you're enjoying your weekend, your food, your family, all that good stuff. The Wyoming Cowboys will take on the Nevada Wolfpack Saturday night inside McKay Stadium in Reno. Kickoff schedule for 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That game will be on CBS Sports Network, not on some weird Hawaiian TV phone app. Pay-per-view. <laughs> TS1 Sports or whatever. You know is. things are going well, Jared, when the only gripes and rants and raves are people who uh, can't get the game on their cell phone to go to their TV. You know what, though? <laughs> it's the reason Hawaii's in the league is because they need this extra revenue. Yeah. And that's what that's how they get the TV deal done, so they can make money back at the island. I think if you're on the island, it was like $100 a season or wow. to have this or whatever. Well, let's let's face facts here. Uh, Fox and CBS didn't pick up this game. They didn't see this as being a big game. It is, it is kind of ironic, though, that the Mountain West Network doesn't take the feed. Also, yeah. But I understand why they don't, because it's for Hawaii to make some money, sure. which is fine. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And it was interesting, man. I was getting ready to get on the elevator to go up to the press box, and there was this big old Hawaiian lineman, tip, prototypical, big Polynesian cat with all the tribal-looking tattoos. I don't even know if that's the right term, but you know what I mean. Um, he's sitting there stretching, and I just started a conversation with him, and I'm just like, do you ever think you'd be in Laramie, Wyoming? And he's like, no. He's like, I'm from Hawaii. Uh, never in a million years. He's like, it's beautiful though. We've came up from Fort Collins and like, it's absolutely beautiful up here. And I'm like, how do you handle all this travel? And he's like, dude, the closest place we play is San Diego state five and a half hours. This year they played at Vanderbilt. You think Hawaii's on a charter to Nashville, Tennessee, that 300 pounds, six foot five cat is in a seat <laughs> flying all the way 12 hours to Nashville, Tennessee. And I don't think they charter. I can't imagine they could afford it. No. I, and those planes at that next level of being that that size, yeah. and plus all the equipment, because they can't drive their equipment. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a whole, whole different animal. And that's, that's another reason with these TV contracts, it somewhat supplements mm-hmm. Hawaii's travel. And that's why they get an extra home game every year too. Yeah, exactly. And, but now they're, they're still playing in that little municipal stadium which the revenue isn't all there yeah. because they can't, what is it, 10,000 feet? I yeah, think so, 9,000 Yeah, people. so once yeah. they get their own stadium again and get some things going, it, it'll be a different story for Timmy Chang and the, Absolutely. And the Hawaii Rainbows. And I do think they're going yeah. in the right direction. It's just, uh, it's tough, man. It's tough sledding. I did mention to that guy, too, that, you know, I'm sure Cam Stone warned you that it could be snowing, miserable, cold, all that good stuff up here. And he goes, well, it seems nice to me. I said, yeah, it's nice today. You have no idea. <laughs> but speaking of Cam Stone, I uh, wrote a story this week, Jared, um, did this last year as well. Porter, uh, a portal tracker, let's check in on former Wyoming football players. 
put that on social media today, and I tell you what, it is blowing up. And there's so many people out there who don't read and educate themselves who go, Wyoming gets killed in the portal. Every year they're getting killed in the portal. I'm glad you pronounced it right. It is called portal. Yes. Yes, very much so. Uh, They are not getting killed in the portal. You can look at it on its face and go, wow, they lost 16 guys to the portal last year. Wow. That's a lot. It is a lot. However... You, you, we don't hear about this. Isn't like Deion Sanders with a camera in his face talking about Louie and stuff. Craig Bull does bring guys into his office and say, You're no longer in our future plans. And if he likes you, like, I'm this is totally just my thoughts. I don't know if this actually happened. I think he really liked Hank Gibbs, former quarterback, put him on. He's a legacy player. His dad played here. He put him on scholarship. I think he saw that Hank Gibbs was not likely to play in his Wyoming career and likely said, Hey, you know, you're not in our future plans. However, maybe I can facilitate and or help you or, and or make some calls. And now he's a quarterback at Northern Colorado and he's not playing a ton, but he's playing. And that, that is what this coaching staff or any coaching staff should do yeah. and has done. They're going to help these guys land somewhere else yes. because they want, because it's for the love of the game for a lot of these guys. Sure. Buck Coors is a great example. I mean, the guy just keeps coming back, yeah. glutton for punishment, but he keeps coming back because he loves the game of football. No doubt. And that's these coaches help them land other places so they can get some playing time. Now, for the ones that leave on their own and think that the pasture is going to be greener on the other side, well, we know it's not for a lot of them. And in your article, it has N.A. A lot of besides, beside several of these guys – that you would think that would they might be on special teams at Wyoming if they would have stayed. Yeah. Or well, been one heck of a scout team player. I'm looking at an NA right now. I was actually going to transition right to that. Joey Brash. This guy would have likely been Wyoming's starting running back in last December's Arizona Bowl. Now, we'll never know. Joey Brash entered the transfer portal before that postseason matchup with Ohio and Tucson. The Nebraska native carried the ball 29 times for 91 yards. He also caught four passes, never scored a touchdown, did lose a fumble last year at Illinois. N.A., he's nowhere. Tyrese Grant, former three-star wide receiver, N.A., the big one, the very big one, Deshaun Woods, Wyoming's second-ever four-star recruit who was initially committed to Missouri. He had offers from Tennessee, Penn State, Texas A&M, Florida, Nebraska, the number two recruit in the state of Nebraska, and the number 12 overall offensive line recruit in the country in the interior, according to 24-7 Sports, N.A., Speculation with Woods has to be academic, Great. right? Great, yes. That's the speculation, yes. Still nowhere, though. I mean, this is obviously a hugely talented man. And he just, he couldn't break the, he couldn't get on the field in two years at Wyoming. Um, and now he's in A. And that that's that's one of those sad, really sad uh, deals. Because I've seen it. I saw it in Texas. I saw guys, when I covered high school football in Texas, a guy who... I have no problem even mentioning him. His name was Hosea Scott. He was on the front. When I first got to my desk in Texas, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine is on my desk. Which is the Bible. Down the there. Bible. You look at it, there's a picture of Hosea Scott on the front from Laporte, Texas, a team I cover. And I'm like, I get to cover this guy? You know what the headline was? Next Vaughn Miller, Hosea Scott signs with Aggies. Hosea Scott is now just a guy living in Laporte, Texas, who was suspended for half of his senior year and never, ever made it to College Station, Texas. It makes me sick to this day to think about. And 
you know what? I don't know what Deshaun Woods is doing or what he's got in his life, but I know he has an NA after his name right now, and that is sad. It's well, hopefully he's doing sad. well and is going to continue doing well because it is it's a sad deal. And yeah, you, you can go back through every single roster in the hundred and thirty years of Wyoming football or whatever it is, and you can probably pick out a handful of guys like whatever happened to him. Well, you can say whatever happened to the one four-star recruit they had before that, John Hawk, who was another offensive lineman who came from a community college in Kansas, and he came under Dana Dimmel, and I've asked Dana Dimmel, do you remember this guy? And he goes, no. You recruited a four-star, the first one in the history of the program, and you don't even remember him? And I asked teammates, too, like Jeff Boyle, no clue. No clue who this guy is. I don't even think he ever showed up in Laramie. I don't know. Yeah, he may not have even came to two-a-days. Yeah, I don't know, but he there's another guy who, and I can't find him on social. I really wanted to do a story about this guy and go, who are you? Um, but those are Wyoming's two four-star guys. A lot of one-star guys, a lot of no-star guys have panned out. The two four-star guys have not. However, looking through this, uh, the big question is here, uh, Jared, that I want to pose to you and go through a few of these. Is Wyoming winning in the transfer portal? Yes, absolutely. I agree. You can even read some more from that article about what – the impact of the guys. I mean, you just think about Peasley right yep. off the start. Yep. I mean, without him, who knows who would be playing quarterback? Because last year, I mean, you can go all the way to last year. Yeah. Like, who would have been playing? I mean, Hank Gibbs played a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm struggling I mean, to figure. It would have been Svoboda. Or Clemens. Yeah. That's it, though. But I mean, and that's then, no proven anybody. But then last year, then Sabota doesn't use his redshirt year. Yeah. And you're then he's one year less moving forward. You know what? I mean, yeah. scenarios are kind of crazy when you think about it. Well, right now, Wyoming's leading passer, rusher, and receiving touchdown leader, Andrew Peasley, Harrison Whaley, and uh, Ayur Asante, they all came from the portal. Uh, two guys with interceptions against Hawaii, Ja'Cory Hawkins, Tyreekus Davis, portal. Cole DeMarzo's played a big role this year, portal. TJ Urban on his way up, portal. And then you think about moving forward, Cole is most likely going to be a starting yeah. linebacker next year with yeah. the departure of what we think are, you know, Shea and uh, Easton. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. I mean, and so, and if you think about who Wyoming lost last year, and I think a lot of these fans are getting it confused and going, they lost Isaiah Nair and they lost Chambers. And that was two years ago. I'm talking about last year. And if you think about the awesome players they lost last year, you go to Emmanuel Pregnon. Big big offensive guard who ended up at USC. The way he left was not exactly awesome. Uh, he said he in a tweet he was going to level up. He left right after the spring game. Arizona was in. He tweeted out that Arizona offered him five minutes after he said he entered the transfer portal, and then all these big schools came calling. Really good player who didn't have any other options except for Wyoming out of high school. Uh, Craig Bull took him. He was stoked to get him. He landed him late on signing day. Uh, he said he was waiting for a fax from the Ivory Coast of Africa. That was Emmanuel Pregnon. Um, and then I think you can say Joshua Cobbs, Wyoming's leading receiver last year. He was one. It's leading rusher Titus Swin. Briefly entered the portal before entering the NFL draft. And cornerback Cam Stone, along with an up-and-coming edge rusher in Olawasi and Show. Pregnon has played every game. He's a freshman All-American from Wyoming. He's played every game so far at USC. Um, 
I, I, I can't tell you his exact numbers, but I can tell you that they average just 139 yards per game on the ground, and their Heisman Trophy winning quarterback's been on his wallet 33 times, and that's 106th out of 130 FPS teams, and, and they're he, bad. And he runs for his life being there on every play. Yeah, and the picture I actually put on here is him running from his life with a guy running right past Pregnon. Uh, Cam Stone, we saw him last week with Hawaii in town. Uh, his homecoming definitely didn't go as planned. He did not. I originally put in this story that he got burned on that Wyatt Whelan touchdown. That is not true. I wrote a correction. He had to peel off Alex Brown to come make that tackle at the goal line, and he rode Wyatt Whelan right into the end zone. He's had a lot of injuries this year, but, you know, he has 20 tackles, five pass breakups, and a pick. You would think if he stayed in Laramie, his, his he would have transitioned to bigger and better things. He had two picks last year, like 50 tackles. Possibly second, third team guy yeah, in the league. Absolutely. Uh, Olawasi Show. he's the one that's mind-boggling. Uh, this former Wyoming edge rusher has appeared in just three games this fall, according to OregonLive.com. That has nothing to do with injuries. So he is way down the pecking order there, and he was really on the cusp of becoming Wyoming, starting maybe an elite kind of guy on the edge. Uh, he's tallied just four tackles along with a strip sack, and that was in a 62-17 route of Stanford. So that could have been in the fourth quarter of an absolute blowout. Um, I didn't pay that much attention. Joshua Cobbs, Wyoming's leading receiver in 2022. He's appeared in 10 games for Houston this year. Six foot four, 204-pound San Antonio native. He has seven catches for 59 yards, and his best outing was a two-catch performance against Sam Houston State, where he finished with 25 receiving yards. So those are your quote-unquote studs that left Wyoming last year, and you replace those guys with Ayer Asante. I'll take that replacement. Oh, absolutely. In a heartbeat. Yep. I'll take that one. Um, running back over Titus Swin, Harrison Whaley. Yeah, healthy Harrison Whaley, um, to me, has a lot more upside than, than Titus Swin. And he hasn't had the drama. No drama. No drama. That's Except for great. still wondering about that first quarter suspension at UNLV, but yeah, that'll come out at some point. But yeah, we know that Harrison is a good kid. Yep, no doubt. You look through some of these, though. You know, Jordan Vaughn, who who started at running back last year in the Arizona Bowl for the Cowboys, he's now at Abilene Christian. So you know, it's safe to say he took a step down in competition. He was moved to linebacker, and then just now, recently in the last few weeks, was moved back into the backfield, where he has 253 yards on 46 carries. Mikel Janice, he was a big uh, recruit coming out of the Beaumont area. He had 49 pancake blocks and no quarterback sacks allowed during his senior season. Uh, first team All-Texas guy, um, 6'4", 265 pounds. He uh, didn't see the field in two seasons in Laramie. He moved on to Louisiana Tech, and now he's not even listed on the Bulldogs roster any longer. So, uh, Keontae Glinton's having a decent year at New Mexico State. He'd probably be another one you'd consider. He was a starter last year at Nickel before Rick Brown took over. How about New Mexico State? Yeah. Not just going into Auburn and beating them. They beat them by three touchdowns. They beat the hell out of and them. And they were a three-touchdown underdog. Yeah. So good on the Aggies well, for doing almost that. Almost a $2 million payout, yeah. too, for that beating. So. Uh, but Keontae Glinton, he, uh, you know, he's played 11 games this year, 16 tackles, six pass breakups, and a quarterback hurry. That was a guy who was a starter at Wyoming last year. That was a guy who undercut Trey McBride in 2021 and picked him off as CSU was driving. Um some of these guys are just like, oh, you know, and you look at these numbers on their face, man. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like they made the right move. But however, they made them might have made the right move for themselves or their well, degree. You know, there's a lot of circumstances. But. Yeah, and it's some of it is maybe they don't like the coaching. Sure, they don't like the town of Laramie. Sure, I mean some of these guys need a little bit more. They need a mall. 
Yeah. They need some nightclubs. They need better restaurants, stuff well, like I, that. I see Cam Stone with his phone having fun in the water yeah. and stuff. I mean, he lives in paradise now. I mean, but it's easy for us to go, well, you can live in paradise, but do you want to win football games? And Cam Stone's a likable cat. I talked to him after the game. I know the coaches still like him. His former teammates still like him. I don't know why he left, but, you know, he didn't make a step up. Go back to your baseball career. If you were good enough to play at the D1 level, yeah. when you left Cheyenne and your offers were Wyoming and Hawaii, where would you have played baseball? Me, personally, I would have stayed home. I would have stayed home because that was my dream. Because oh, you don't like sushi. That so. too. But that was my dream was to stay <laughs> home. But if I didn't have any ties to say I was a Colorado Denver kid and it was Wyoming or Hawaii, I'd go, who's better at baseball? Who who do, who gives me the best chance to move on with my career? It probably isn't Hawaii. And, and that travel is insane. And it just wouldn't have, I don't know. Hawaii, I actually got a job offer at a newspaper in Hawaii. And not only is it ridiculously expensive, um, my thought of living on a rock would make me have an absolute panic attack on a daily basis. And plus, you don't like to fly. I don't like to fly, and I don't like their food. So anything over a two-hour trip. Can you imagine being a sports writer in Hawaii, too, with those names? It would have been an absolute disaster. Chris Fuamatu Mahala. <laughs> One of my favorite names from the Utah days. Yeah, that wouldn't have been fun. Uh, another uh, story I put out today, it's not on social media yet, but which Cowboys have played their final game in Laramie? 18 guys, Jared, were announced um, on senior day. And, of course, we still have that weird COVID, like some guys have an extra year, some guys don't. The guys who are – and, by the way, Craig Bull said he wasn't stunned by any of these. Uh, he Not at all. Um, but these are guys who definitely played their final game. Frank Crum, offensive tackle, Peasley quarterback, Wyatt Whelan receiver, Ryan Marquez receiver, Gunnar Gentry receiver, Ayer Asante receiver, Ja'Cory Hawkins corner, Clayton Stewart punter, Cole Goodbow defensive tackle, Trayton Welch tight end. Those guys are done. That, you know, that's a, that's a wrap. Here's the guys who still have eligibility remaining if they choose to use it. And if they choose to use it, that doesn't mean it's going to be in Laramie either. Um, Ralph Fawaz, punter. That one kind of shocked me. Coach did put him on scholarship. The Cowboys do have two punters on scholarship, which you don't see very often. I thought Ralph would slide right in for Clayton Stewart next year. You're a punter. You're not taking a physical pounding. Why not go to school and get as much free school as possible and be the punter? Maybe he's one of the guys on the fence. I don't know. Easton Gibbs, I joked with him after the game, said, any chance you're going to run it back next year? He said, you never know, but no, he's not. He's done. Uh, Shea Suinoa, that was shocking to me. I, I didn't expect that. I, I thought he'd slide over to the middle, take over for Easton next year, and uh, Cole DeMarzo and Connor Shea would kind of battle it out for the for the weak side spot. Uh, as of now, Shea Suinoa, he has dealt with some shoulder injuries and, and stuff like that, but he was a quarterback coming in from Clear Lake High School, sat on the bench for three years, waiting his turn, and now he's going to put in two years and apparently hit the dusty trail. Uh, Deron Harrell, cornerback, the transfer from Wisconsin, who did have some moments, speaking of guys in the portal. He had a huge interception last year against CSU in the border war in the end zone. Uh, he didn't play this year and uh, obviously would be entitled to a medical redshirt. Um, however, from what I'm hearing, he suffered a major, major injury. And I don't know if he'll ever, if he can even play again. Um, but he's a guy who has that option if he can physically do it. Colin O'Brien, tight end, Mission Viejo, California. Really good blocking tight end, can make some catches too. Um, I know he's had some injury issues too that have been plaguing him. Doesn't know if he's coming back. Jordan Bertinoli, uh, that's a big loss at defensive tackle, especially with Cole Goodbow as well. Uh, Jordan, Casper, uh, Wyoming native, obviously. He has a baby on the way. He just got married. Uh, think he's going to try the professional route. If that doesn't work out, he's a father. He's going to be a father and all that good stuff. Um, Alex Brown. 
Kind of shocked to see that, too. I think Alex Brown hasn't even scratched the surface of what that kid can do. Um, he looks just like maybe even bigger than than Isaiah Nair, and it's always been just one of those puzzling things. Like, when is this going to click for Alex Brown? Pierce, he's gone as well, and then Jeremy Hollingsworth running back, Longmont, Colorado, torn ACL last year. I'm sure he got a red shirt out of that if he wanted it, plus he has an extra year. Um, he was also announced on senior day, so... Those are your guys that are gone. A uh, few of them, shocking. I, I thought a few of them were shocking. I thought a few of them were, you know, kind of expected. I mean, we knew Easton Gibbs. He told me at Mountain West Media Days he was done. Um, but some of them were shocking. And most of these guys, we don't have exactly who's graduating, mm-hmm. but at semester time. But some of these guys are going to be graduating at semester time. And if they choose to go elsewhere and try it at the next level like a validate did, yeah, good for them. Yeah. They got they their, their degree time. and put in their time in yep. Laramie. So yep. don't don't be mad at somebody for going somewhere else and trying it at the next level after they've graduated. Yeah, the hate that Valade gets from some people is just stunningly idiotic. I mean, just he's the second leading rusher in Wyoming history. He gave it his all. And you know what? He probably hurt his own career by going to Arizona State because running backs are a dime a dozen. They have no value in the NFL anymore. And he's on a practice squad with the New York Jets. But that dude laid it all out on the line, man. Uh, there's uh, it. It not only stuns me when people bash on Valade, it pisses me off. And you know what? If he gets, it, I hope he gets in the NFL, and I hope he makes an impact. And you know what? If he steps up on a Monday night and says Xavion Valade, Arizona State University, which I don't think he will. Who cares? Who cares? That stuff pisses me off, man. All right, you want to go through some scores? We are recording this early. Obviously, we have about uh, two minutes left. Yes, I will. Uh, Friday afternoon, Utah State at New Mexico. Utah State needs a win to get bowl eligible. Uh, Give me Danny Gonzalez. What a win at Fresno State. Absolutely. Go Danny Gonzalez and the Lobos. Uh, Air Force at Boise State on Friday. This has some championship game implications. Sure does. If Air Force, the winner, if UNLV beats San Jose State, they will host the winner of the Air Force Boise State game. Simple as that. San Jose State finds a way to beat the Rebels. You got a three-way tie and all kinds of weird computer tiebreaker things, and it's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to get weird. Saturday, 1 o'clock, San Jose State at UNLV. Huge game. Uh, then the night games kick in with Wyoming at Nevada, Fresno State at San Diego State, which <laughs> San Diego State has three wins, folks. They're so bad. Three wins. They're so bad. And there, there's been rumors today that the UNLV OC is being mentioned as a replacement for Brady Hoke at San, San Diego State. And he's 36, 39 years old, something like that. That's how impressive they've been. UNLV, kudos to them. San Diego I, State, finally, maybe would have a quarterback. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully it's not Maeva because he's been really special. And then the nightcap, and I, I say it every time, the last chance saloon for you betters out there, CSU at Hawaii which CSU needs a win to become bowl eligible. And you, it's easy to look at how Hawaii played in Laramie and go, wow, CSU's going to smoke them. But, f- folks, Hawaii came into this game on a two-game winning streak, including beating Air Force, and they beat Air Force handily. So Hawaii's got some dudes, man. These receivers are legit. If that guy has time to throw the ball, he's going to pick you apart. Go Warriors. <laughs> go Warriors for sure. Beat Cam Stone. the sheep. Cam Stone, go get a pick, buddy. Go get a pick. Yeah, those. so those are your Mountain West games. Uh you know, of course, the other big games, the big game, yeah, uh, Saturday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, Ohio State at Michigan. Huge game. 
I can't stand either one of them, but I can't wait to watch that game. It's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. Well, into the regular season, Jared. Uh, we probably won't be getting together again, really, until the bowl game on this show. Um, we had, we do have some podcast ideas and stuff coming up. I think. Uh, yeah, be ready for some podcasts. We have some some ideas coming up and yeah. some and some guests and. I got the Cowboys huge against Nevada. We're totally out of time, but I got the Cowboys huge. Same. Cover. It's going to be a beating. This has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by the Brown and Gold. This show is also sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next right here on KOWB.